is, in fact, the Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore. Welcome back to What Would Arwen Do? This is part two of our very special edition to our show this Tuesday, June 5th. KUCI 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. This is the show where we celebrate all things J.R.R. Tolkien and Middle Earth. We love the movies, we love the books, we love the adventure, and today it is all about the music. So this is part two. My very special in-studio guest today is Ronald Luis Fernandez. He's a musician. He is an importer and maker of guitars. He's a Ph.D. and lecturer here at UC Irvine and various places. And we are having a grand time. If you would like to visit his website while um, we're kind of getting warmed up here, www.fernandezmusic.com. That's F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. You can email Ron at ron at fernandezmusic.com. I would invite you to look at his website, and there's videos there. There There's the entire process of how he makes and does this um, uh, work on the guitars. Uh, Amazing to see. And anyway, well, we'll let him tell you a little bit more about that. So this is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. And we're going to get right back into our music today. So, Ron, thank you again for being here. Ellen Salalum and Amentiavo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. Yes. Elf <laughs> princess, yes. <laughs> so, the first hour, we uh, what were the musical instruments that you shared with us the first uh, hour? We didn't even get to the ukulele yeah. the first hour, the but first, we did have an armadillo here. We... Um, I played a little bit of the charango. Um, that was the armadillo guy. That's made uh, out of a hairy armadillo from Bolivia, and it's not—it's not really a backwater instrument. It's, they're played around the world now. Although mm. they're played, uh, they come from Peru and uh, Bolivia and Ecuador and Argentina, and um, they, they were. Paul Simon used them years ago uh, on on the back of his uh, uh, song "If I Could." He was playing El Condor Pasa, which I played. Um, so we talked a little bit about that and talked about how it was constructed. And I, I talked a little bit about uh, and played my uh, flamenco guitar from Felix Monsonetto. Um, I've been importing uh, flamenco guitars uh, with my father. We started in the 60s, and then I've been doing this full-time for 25 years. Um, and I learned how to make guitars, and I went to a school after I had made a few instruments. Uh, I went uh, to a school with Kenny Hill. And uh, but I had in from since the 60s, I had the opportunity to visit all the great makers in Spain, uh, Felix Monsonetto, Miguel Rodriguez, Arc Angel Fernandez, Marcelino Barbato, um, uh, Jose Ramirez. I wound up supplying wood to Jose Ramirez, who's uh, one of the he, Jose Ramirez is like what uh, Fender or Martin or Gibson is here. Mm. Uh, he was a supplier to the world's greatest classical guitarist for many years. Now, on your website at Fernandez Music, it says here that um, you import Latin fretted instruments, such as, I'm going to do, 
actually, I don't even think I'm going to try to pronounce some of these things. Or I'll, I'll, do I'll it. pronounce them. Banduri, okay. Bandurias? There's Bandurias, uh-huh. Laouds, um, Tres Cubanos, which is used for Cuban music. It's a, uh-huh. a, a guitar-like instrument with three double strings. Okay. The, the Bandoria looks like a 12-string a mandolin, sort of a chubby one. Uh-huh. Uh, the Laoud... The Spanish laoud is mm-hmm. a 12-string instrument, about about the size of a three-quarter size guitar. Okay. And then the charangos, uh, but requintos. Th- requintos is a small um, guitar uh, used for mariachi music. Cavaquinho um, is the predecessor to the ukulele, the direct ah. predecessor. Well. Uh, remind me about that because when we get to the ukulele, we've got to get to the yeah, ukuleles today. Um, <clears throat> I. Uh, there are, I, I have in, in hand right now a Portuguese guitar, which in Portuguese is called Guitarra Portuguesa, and the Spanish guitar in Portuguese is called uh, Viola, or Viola da França, or Violão, all right, which doesn't seem to make sense for English speakers, but, um, <laughs> f- but before uh, the modern word guitar was used in Spain, uh, the guitar, the aristocratic guitar was called Vihuela. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, and so this instrument, you can see it on, on the website, but what it looks like, it looks like a, it's a 12-string instrument, oh, which it's means it's, beautiful. it's six double strings, and it's teardrop shape, and it has, the scale is about 470 millimeters, as opposed to a guitar, which is 650 millimeters. It has a very unusual wow, head. Wow, look at that. The headstock is... It's like a peacock or something. <laughs> yes. And what it is, it's they're threaded rod tuners. It's just a threaded rod which has a little hook on it that as you turn it goes up and down. And these were developed uh, uh, by the English in the 1750s where they would have a threaded rod and they would use a pocket watch key to turn it. Mm. Um, and this is one of the few instruments that continues with this. But... The Portuguese, all right, so the Portuguese guitar is teardrop-shaped, has double metal strings, it's flat-backed, somewhat like a guitar, as opposed to a lute. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, a flute it ha- has the rounded... Right. Yeah. And it has a very unusual tuning. Um, D, A, B, E, A, B. So and you're playing two strings each time you play. Right. But what's unusual here, this tuning is just uh, completely different than violin or guitar or mandolin. The, the, the violin is, is like the guitar upside down, all mm. right? And uh, the ukulele is like the guitar on the fifth fret. And the mandolin, all, all those, the, most of the fretted instruments are related. This instrument has a complete unique tuning that goes back to the uh, medieval and renaissance citerns. Mm. Right? And I'm going to play uh, a little piece of a, of a fado variation. is, is my takeoff of a, of a variation. Fado music is the folk music, the urban folk music from Lisbon, which started from about 1830s. Uh, and it's usually sung uh, just with a Portuguese guitar, a Spanish guitar, which they call a viola, and, and a singer. And they sing traditional poetry, but they also, there's 400 traditional melodies and about, and people put new melodies, new words to these. So what happens is uh, these 400 old songs are the basis for creating new, new mm. things. And, mm-hmm. and this, this instrument is played... Uh, it used to be played with finger picks, which were made out of tortoise shell. We use a kind of plastic, and we have a very different hand position which, um, than a classical guitar. But here's, here's, here's the sound of the instrument first. So, D, A, 
some of the strings, these are these are in octaves, and then the rest are in unison. All right, so here's a here's a variation uh, in a fado. Dulcimer. Why does that make me think of the hammer yes. dulcimer? It, it makes it, yes. <laughs> you know that song? That's the yes. third man theme, which is usually played on the hammer dulcimer. Oh. Okay. It just, um, it has a great resonance. So is um, this more of a percussive sound, this instrument? Well, these, these citterns had a parallel development to the guitars. The guitars are in the figure eight and they usually were done with uh, gut strings until the 20th century. Martin guitars until the 20s were done, the, the, the typical American steel string had gut strings on them until about the 20s. Mm. All right? uh, but the citterns had this whole parallel development. Uh, they go back 600 years at least in, in, in forms that are, are similar to this. So this is uh, a tear shape. What is, what is it, how does it affect the sound? Oh, well, the what sound, type of sound of it does. a tear shape uh, versus a well, figure eight shape? The shape doesn't, but the, uh, the total volume. If I were to hum into the instrument, uh, uh, right there, uh, mm -hmm. whatever that note is, that is the resonance for this body of this instrument. On, I don't know what it is right now uh, on this one. I'd have to, to compare it with a uh, tuning fork or something. But uh, a, Span a typical Spanish guitar, in order for it to play well, it sh the box should be tuned at F-sharp or G-sharp. It should not be tuned the same as any open string. Uh, because what will happen is if uh, on the guitar the strings are tuned a D, uh, they're, they're tuned E, B, G, D, A, E. So if the box were tuned to any of those notes, like for example A, then when that note was played, the the top would vibrate and then the the box would steal by sympathetic vibration would steal the energy that's in the top and use it to oh. and, and make the sound of the box amplified and then what would happen is you'd have a, a note that was louder than the other notes and it would die out quickly oh the the problem for a good the physics of music yes yes i i, <laughs> I love I, it i yes, love it i i i gave a little lecture last week in the physics of music here on the campus i'm i'm but not a regular it's fascinating yes. i love it well and yeah it is it's interesting because it actually goes back to things and that people, the greeks understood well yeah people and though they may not have necessarily been would have they have been able to articulate it or would they have, would they have just that, known it no, by i Understanding, this is what happens, so we mustn't do. No, I, I think the good uh, ones knew this for a long time. 
Um, I have to bring up something else here too. Um, the the classical guitar, Andres Segovia would uh, when he was young in the 20s he played also played flamenco guitar. But then when he became a concert artist, he did not want to be associated with flamenco music because flamenco music was associated with the lowest status uh, of the people in Spain. Really? And, yes. It was Well, the gypsies were low status yeah. in Spain. And so when he uh, became a big concert performer and when he performed in 1927 in Paris uh, for all the great classical musicians... And from that point on, he would not play flamenco in public. Mm. And he would always say that my, my guitar is a polyphonic instrument. Now, uh, I didn't quite understand this years ago, but I do now. And so there's monophonic... Yes, there's monophonic music, homophonic music, and polyphonic music. Monophonic music is just one line of music, like a flute. Okay. okay? Homophonic music is several different voices, but going in the same direction. So we go... Like uh, on this instrument, all right. Mm -hmm. So they're all going down, all right, or mm -hmm. up, uh, all right. But then a polyphonic piece of music is a music that there's several voices, but they're going in different directions, all right. So this and is where you have me, uh, people harmonizing. Exactly. Ex so where exactly. you have, you know, they're singing different. Bach pieces, different are lines. Like, yes. Bach pieces are like that. I let me. And choirs do that when they sing, right? Exactly. So. It or. Jethro Tull. Well, that's Bach. <laughs> I know. Okay, but um, and that was also Paul McCartney's inspiration for Blackbird. Ah. Yes, he, he didn't know how to play it for years, and that's what he wound up with. He wound up with Blackbird from that. Um, okay, so I need to come back here. Uh, all right, so we have. I wish our listeners could hear, and I want to say a very special greeting to anyone who may be listening to this second part of what would Arwen do. My guest. Ron Fernandez, his website www.fernandezmusic.com If you could see, we are, are, are already sitting in the presence of hundreds and hundreds of CDs but now we have musical instruments all over the room. Here. Yes, I'll, please, I'll, please I'll, tell them. Go over there and get the, the, the furthest one there. I can touch it? Yeah, pr bring it, pick <laughs> it up. And get, uh, all right. This first one is a it's it just, th this first one is a a quattro. It just, it just has four strings. Yes, it has four strings. It looks like a large ukulele. Oh. It's a little out of tune, but it looks like a large ukulele. This is typical of the of the Renaissance guitars oh. that spread from Spain to all over South America. And this one came from Bolivia. So would this be like a wandering minstrel might have something like this? This is what the poor people would have. A, a wandering minstrel. <laughs> of course, if it was an elf minstrel, they wouldn't be poor. They would just be wandering. Oh, well, they would go find gold. Yeah. Or... Now, this is an interesting one because the way it's tuned, the first string is the lowest string rather than the highest string. All right? Mm -hmm. So the fourth, third, second, first. And that, and that, for musicians, that's very interesting because it turns the chord upside down. Mm. All right? Because I can use the same core fingering patterns as I use on the ukulele, which, uh, and get me the other ukulele. All right, so this is, this is a quattro. The body's a little oh, bit thicker. So cute. It's, it's, body's so, a little, it's so cute. The bo <laughs> body's a little thicker than a, 
uh, a standard ukulele. Now this other one is very thin. Right. This compared, next one, compared, yes. Compared, this is uh, this other one is a. The second one here is a tenor um, a ukulele. Tenor ukulele. A tenor ukulele. Ukuleles come in soprano, uh, concert, tenor, and baritones. I don't really like the baritones so much because uh, they don't seem to have uh, enough energy. The, the littlest one, a very good soprano, sounds very good, but my favorite size is a, is a concert size. And the difference is that the scale length is a little bit different. Um, about two inches longer on each of these different models. All right, so this one. Oh. anything more here at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is What Would Arwen Do? I am Tani Chinuville. My guest today, Ron Fernandez. We are having fun with a room full of stringed instruments. Now, this one's even smaller. Right. Now, here, this one... Oh, my one, goodness. Now, this, how many strings does this little this guy have? This just has four strings. This is, a, this is like so... Like, it would be right. like you would think a monkey would play that, perhaps. No, this is the size. This is the size <laughs> of the standard ukulele. But oh, this really? one, this one is a steel strung, and it oh. came from Portugal. All right. This really? is all right. And this, I want to. Can we take a little? I, I know we're introducing the instruments. I just want to say on your website here, it says that you refine the frets and okay. set up each instrument. Um, Very quickly. All right. Yeah. Do you have to do that with all of these? That you, do, with I, everything you get, and what? That. And what is that process? Well, it's you can go on YouTube and you can look up. Uh, fret dressing for classical guitar and it's also on your website you yeah, show the entire process right. well, I sh- I but show, why, would that, why is that necessary I, I show an eight minute version yeah. of it because it really takes me an hour and a half right. to do it um, all guitars they need this extra refinement it's, it's like um, if you want if you have a, a regular car and you have a sports car if you want it to really run well it, hmm. basically it's a um, the, the, all these these are all fretted instruments and so there's little metal bars that uh, separate up the scale and the thing is uh, they put them in and they may not be exactly level and if they're if they're if one fret is very high then it's going to buzz but if it's just not very high it will not buzz but it will not play uh, will not play easily. Now, how does this, because there was a time when I, you know, there was a class at my church about how to learn the guitar, went over to the local guitar shop, found a beautiful elf guitar with midnight blue, the guy strumming it, it made a beautiful sound. I took it home and, you know, I played a little bit, discovered that I didn't want calluses all over my fingers because I'd like to do massage and didn't really ever play it. But it never, I mean, nobody ever said anything, or I wouldn't have known whether... No, you wouldn't know. So, but, so for most people, when they just go buy a guitar, if they really want it to sound really good, should they have it tuned up with this kind well, of process that you um, do? The, all right, very expensive guitars. And, and 
people don't understand if, if they aren't interested in guitars right. what what it costs like for uh the flamenco we can't mention the cost of things yeah all right much. i won't mention yeah. but no i'm not i don't want to yeah. sell any of these anyway right, right, right. You're right, right. But, no, I know. but just to get an idea of, of there's different categories there's there's instruments that are under $500 and there's ones that are right. uh like the ones from china are that thousands of thousands and then then there's so uh i usually distinguish three categories of instruments. The first category is a production instrument. And uh, probably under five, six, eight hundred dollars and from Spain. And those would be many people make the parts and many people do the assembly. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I mention this because people are always talking about what is a uh, uh, a handmade guitar. Right? Mm -hmm. Then the next level, so that's sort of a production guitar. Mm -hmm. And the next level, about a thousand to four thousand dollars. Many people make the parts and a few very skilled people do the assembly. Okay. Right? Then the next level, there's uh, handmakers who are making four to eight thousand dollars, and then there's the guys who are the great masters who get up to twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars. Now, you figure, well, what's the big difference? Well, the big difference comes back to what we're talking about in terms of uh, polyphonic, polyphonic guitar. Right? Flamenco guitar is, and well, rock and roll guitar is usually played monophonically and homophonically, meaning they play a single melody and then they'll play a chords and usually the chords will go in the same direction. Mm -hmm. All right? uh, classical guitar, as we mentioned, is polyphonic where you have many voices going in different directions. All right? So the problem for classical guitars is different than somebody who's making steel string. The classical guitarist has to make an instrument that is as loud as possible but also sweet, but also that all the notes uh, on all the strings in all the positions and all the frets are just about equal because you don't want one note that's really loud and another really soft if you're playing three or four notes together. Mm -hmm. right? So that's a very, very difficult thing to do. Uh, and I started a few minutes ago mentioning this, this fact that uh, the, the bodies, each body is tuned to a different resonance. Mm -hmm. Well, um, and most guitar music is played in certain keys. It's usually not played with uh, a bunch of flats uh, or or too many sharps. Uh, it's usually played in four or five keys, uh, which are similar keys to what the the open strings are. Right? Uh, I, I think we're getting beyond what I want to yeah, get to. Yeah, no, I just wanted because you know people. So, but th because oh, this is yeah. a service that you provide, yeah, well, and I want to I want right, to see I, why not, would someone okay, want to come yeah, to you for well, this? Well, actually, I'm and not, who comes? Wait, <laughs> I well, I've sold thirteen thousand guitars mm -hmm. to two hundred stores over a long period of time. I'm actually. Uh, getting into retiring retiring from importing spanish guitars <laughs> so so i'm not this should You're not, not be a commercial thing here no, no, i don't no, want it no but oh, i just right. was wondering you know just yeah well i've done it for a long time and i i started with guitar center when they had three stores and i stayed with them until mm -hmm. they had 170 70 stores right. so that's what i did for a number of years and i learned all things about the music business and about importing from spain and and I decided in 1997 that either I have to work on every guitar or I'm going to get some back that are going to have buzzes. So mm. I decided to figure out oh, how to do it right. Okay. The so you would import the guitars and then refine and then, them yeah. to make the, and, sure that they were just and, right. And one other thing here. Um, so that's what I do to the... Fr I, I would level the frets and recrown them, meaning that you know, I would make them flat some a little bit to make them all even or bang them in and then uh, arch them. And then the there's a 
a bone in the bridge, which is on the guitar, and then there's another bone up near the head of the guitar, and those have to be adjusted. So I do those adjustments, and if you, if you pick up a guitar that hasn't been adjusted, it's very hard to, to finger it. And also, if the nut is too high, um, or either of them are too high, it will not play in tune right. So, it, so there's some little technical things. So all professionals have their, their guitars done by somebody that's going to make them sound good and make them play easily. So, mm -hmm. so um, many people get discouraged. They used to get discouraged for two things. Uh, they couldn't tune their instruments, but now we have electronic tuners, all right? very cheap electronic tuners. And what I use, I use a, uh, a tuner that's on on my cell phone that costs three dollars and ninety nine cents. It's on your cell phone. And the That's thing cool. is and and it's the best one I've ever had because I have yeah. a, a six hundred dollar tuner. An elaborate thing. And that, this one on your cell this, phone is better? This for for many things this is yeah. this is better. Huh. And so I, I tune all the instruments with it and it's always with me because I I have it right on my I'm showing yeah. I'm showing the elf princess here. Yeah. It, and but also this is, is a very, this is a very interesting one because it not only has the names of the notes and it has a little wheel, but also it has the actual hertz of each note, and oh. which is continually changing. So you can actually do some interesting so little you go, physical even, experience. You if you go someplace and you're like say in a pub or at the Oasis Senior Center or something, and people show up and maybe someone's uh, <laughs> instrument is out of tune, you've got right there with your cell phone, you've got your little way yeah. to to yeah. tune them up. Actually, we used to be able to tune it to um, the phone. You could the, oh, phone, really? the phone. I think was 440, or uh, yeah. But there, there's many places. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the whole world is just operating right, in all right. these. All right, all right. I think so we, we spent too much on this. Okay. Uh, time. Let's uh, get back right. to the instruments right. in the room. I, so I'm not doing this work for anybody else anymore. Oh, okay. And. I, so, so we won't talk about no, that. No, so yeah, I, but yeah, it is, it is I, yeah, quite fascinating I, I because I never knew yeah. that this kind of type of thing would I, need to be done. I put it up on the on. I have six videos up on YouTube to show people, not to bring people to me because I don't want any more right. of this work. Um, and I show how I level the frets and, and recrown them, and I do this work to show people what they should be aware of uh, when they get an instrument. Because otherwise, their fingers hurt. And then yeah. they complain. And then also, if, if the strings are too high, you will get calluses. If yeah. they're not, you won't. And then See, I, wanna, I would love to play a stringed <laughs> instrument, learn how to play something, but I don't want calluses on right. my well, fingers. Well, nylon strings really don't have that, usually. And the other and thing... And ukuleles have what? Nylon strings. Oh. And the other thing is that if, if you don't press too hard, mm -hmm. many, usually beginners press too hard. Okay, right. and actually, we should probably get on to all the ukulele stuff here, and and well, I and your ukulele, so I can teach okay. you one chord. All right? So have we have we have you shared with everyone all the instruments that all we right, have here? Quick, okay. What do we have here? Like eight okay. or? I think I have ten. All right. But I, I do. Have, want I have a Portuguese guitar. I have I have a flamenco guitar. Is there any of the other instruments that we haven't um, uh, introduced before we get on to the ukuleles? Because we're going to spend a little time with them. They're so yeah, fun, uh, and I want you to share the story. You know of. of this wonderful adventure that you've had even over here right locally ah, yes. at the okay. Oasis right. But before that, the, yes. so what's, what's that one? All right. Well, this, this ukulele, this is a kawaii. And the great uh, makers of ukuleles, uh, Martin, Martin guitars. All right? And Martin didn't go out of business because they made the ukuleles in the 30s. All right. Now let me go back to the hi little history of the ukulele, and then we'll even get all the way to the Oasis Center in Corona del Mar. 
Because <laughs> um, ukuleles, okay, just I'm gonna tell for, you. for those of us that have a perception, I think a lot of people have a perception that ukuleles are just kind of this little toy type of instrument that little, you know, kids play or that you get, you know, for a few bucks and you kind of strum some things. I mean, really, toy but, ones, but, right. but ukuleles are serious business, right? right? Yes. Like okay. Martin has, I don't sell Martin guitars. Yeah. Uh, they, their top of the line is $5,200. Ukuleles? Okay. Yes. Oh. And there's many other things that are, are a couple thousand And they're bucks. very fun, but they are very fun. Yes. All right. So, they, all right. Uh, I mentioned before that the, the, probably the origin of all these instruments is back to the medieval times and early Renaissance when, when there were four-string guitars. They were called guitars in Spain. And there were double-stringed instruments called vihuelas, which were the expensive instruments for the aristocracy. Now, lutes predated all of these things, right? Yeah, yeah lutes, uh, they're, these are related, okay. very closely related. But we don't want to get into the lutes right now. The lute will take us too far yeah, away. Yeah, no, but I mean, all right, so, yeah. so I've traced back, uh, if you go onto the Internet and Wikipedia, they will talk about how the ukulele was brought by Juan Fernandes, from Madeira Island, which is a Portuguese position. Any relation? <laughs> no. Well, there's, it's, Fernandez is like Smith. It, yeah. But he's a Portuguese one with an S at the oh, end. Oh, okay. Fernandes, as, as opposed to right. Fernandez. All right. Um, my family's Spanish, and they were Portuguese. Okay. Okay. Uh, are we having, okay. All right, so th they always talk about how this Portuguese came in 1869 to Hawaii. He brought his instrument, which is either called a cavaquinho, or which is cavaco in Portuguese. Cavaco in Portuguese it means splinter or a little piece of wood. So before this, ukuleles weren't in Hawaii, right? Right. Oh. Right. They didn't have because people a lot of times I think they came from Hawaii. Right. Well, all right. So they were, it was brought there, and it was renamed um, by the Hawaiians as ukulele or something like that. And which they always talk about how it means jumping flea or it means something else. <laughs> but the thing is, it had a long history before that. Mm -hmm. And I had one of the instruments which I showed you, uh, the little one with the metal strings there. Sometimes they're metal and sometimes they're not. looks just like a soprano ukulele or ukulele. Is that and the little tiny one? The little one, right. And so I, all right, so everybody talks about 1869 starts in, in Hawaii when the Portuguese came over. Well... I traced it back to 1719 in northern Portugal in Braga. There's a city mm. called Braga. And uh, the, the information was from the Luthiers Guild, the Guitar Makers Guild. Everything guitar Makers are called guild. Luthiers. Luthiers, right. Okay. And in, por in Spanish, that's in English. In Spanish, it's called Guitarero and okay. uh, Violonero, all right, from Vihuela, all right, and Viola, which are all, these are all related fretted stringed instruments. All right. So at least 1719, when it's recorded that they had specific woods and dimensions and everything else. And the instruments were called braguinha, meaning little one from Braga. Cavaquinho, meaning little one, uh, splinter from... Uh, cavaco means little splinter. splinter, but it, it means it's taken to mean uh, this instrument. Such and then, affectionate names they have. Yes. And then they have... <laughs> and then there's machete... Which oh. is usually that's it's uh, I don't know what why it's called that, <laughs> but that it's the same instrument. Maybe and it cuts through the darkness. Yes. And the other one, right? <laughs> and the other one is a rajaun. And so those four names are are the typical names. Whether for they ukuleles. For yes, when they come from Portugal, mm -hmm. and whether they come uh, from Madeira Island or 
any of the Portuguese possessions. So we've traced out at least 1719, and then we see pictures much earlier, 1600, 1500. I read through the history of uh, Columbus by Washington Irving, mm -hmm. and there was some mention of bringing instruments in, and currently I'm doing a lot of reading on Spanish California, because I'm trying to find where the first instruments came in mm. and uh, this local area was very interestingly was very much in contact with New England because they were selling hides to New England and mm. then they were then shoes were coming back but they were also there were instruments coming up from Mexico. Now you have to remember Mexico. Okay, so the, so are we going to kind of get to because you yes, and I had a right. little conversation the other day. Yes. Again, just uh, brief. Oh. Uh, in case you're just tuning in, this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Tani Genevieve. You're listening to What Would Arwen Do? My guest today, Ron Fernandez. We're currently talking yeah. about all kinds of stringed instruments, ukuleles. We talked a little bit uh, briefly the other day, and I wanted to cover this on the show, about... Um, Indians. Indians, okay. because in Indians didn't just have stringed instruments, no, right? They, they had first. They had mainly drums and flutes. Uh huh. And then uh, these instruments, the fretted, fretted so, string, fretted stringed instruments, and violins and rebecks and all these other instruments were brought in by the Spaniards, who essentially arrived on mainland Mexico, fifteen twenty-one. And very interesting that they developed uh, in. Uh, everything developed in Mexico City very quickly. There was part of the, the university was founded in 1535. Mm. But uh, uh, we, we'll only spend like two minutes on this because mm. we should get on to this other stuff. Right, right. All right. Um, the thing was that the, the church used music to entice the native peoples in Mexico and then later, to, uh, 200 years later, here. because uh, the, And they really liked it. They, they taught them to sing in harmony. And so they didn't have polyphonic music, and they didn't know how to do. They didn't know chords and all. They had, uh, and they didn't have these these current instruments. So all these instruments, they all come from Spain and Portugal, and Italy. All right. Mm. So all the fretted instruments and stringed instruments. All right. Back. All right. So 1719. We know at least that point where we have instruments that look exactly like this. 1869 was the introduction of the uh, Kavakinu to Hawaii. And then until and then the Hawaiians uh, developed their own music and their own ways to play it. And But the main makers in Hawaii were Portuguese, Nunez and Diaz and some other mm. people. So the Portuguese were still building these things in Hawaii. 1915 becomes a crucial matter when the ukulele was brought to San Francisco because there was an international exhibition and the Hawaiians came and sang. And then the people at Tin Pan, in Tin Pan Alley in New York started writing Hawaiian-style songs. And then the ukulele became central to American music, to jazz and vaudeville. Hmm. All right? And all the piano music till 1935, from about 1920-something to 1935, had ukulele chords. Really? And, yes, and George Gershwin, uh, he one of his pieces, Fascinating Rhythm, I think it was, uh, Fascinating Rhythm, da-da-da-da-da, mm -hmm. was, uh, was previewed on stage in New York by Ukulele Ike, who was Cliff Edwards, who was, do you know? Cliff Edwards was very famous as a singer, and he was a minor player in, in movies, uh, but he was Jiminy Cricket's voice. 
Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so he's oh saying when God. when you wish upon a yes. star, and he, and also now it, what, that's all, not a Disney song. That was that before Disney. No, that's Disney. It oh, okay. Disney. Okay. And then also, it's only a paper moon. It, all right. So he was a very thin, he he made millions and lost it all. But and and if you see the movie, <laughs> if you see the movie. Uh, Singing in the Rain, there's a mm-hmm. segment from 1929, and I think he's the one playing uh, in the 1929 movie, the original Singing in the Rain. Oh. So Cliff Edwards is one of the, the great people. All right, so with Cliff Edwards, and then later in early 50s, we had Arthur Godfrey, and uh, he was playing a tenor uke, became somewhat known, and then Tiny Tim as a joke in the <laughs> 60s. But then, uh, you know, Paul McCartney and George Harrison is a big... A player of ukuleles and on his last album there's a, a dvd where he's playing ukulele and you can paul also McCartney? uh george harrison, george harrison. Okay. and then paul mccartney plays the ukulele in uh in homage to george harrison george mm. harrison when people would come around to his house he'd hand everybody ukulele he got it he, he after he gave up this the sitar uh-huh. he became obsessed with this all right and isn't and then, that lovely and you and you see other people who played um it's uh, just a magical little <laughs> instrument. It just enchants you, and next thing you know, you're wanting everyone to play it, and it's it's yes. it's um, got some magic in there. At the Oasis Center, which is a senior center here uh, in Corona del Mar, I started going there when I was forty, and I'm now sixty-three, and um, I was much younger than most of the people there, and uh, they were most sixty-five, seventy. But there was one man who. Uh, turned 103 last year and he died his name is bill tapia and you can look him up on youtube and see him playing how do you spell his last name t-a-p-i-a okay and he was playing since the first world war and he was playing he was a professional musician continuously for 90 years he played banjo in the 20s in in the bands then he played guitar in the 30s and all he gave up playing ukulele for 50 years but the ukulele was his first instrument he got back into it when he was 90 and then he started coming to this Oasis Center. Somebody would point him out to me and say, that guy over there is 97. And I'm looking at him, and I say, which guy? You know, he looks like he's 70 years old. He was a sharp dresser, uh, snakeskin boots. But he played jazz music, and he, and he is the whole history of American music. And he taught everybody. He taught Shirley Temple. He taught the Little Rascals. Wow. He taught um, Clark Gable. He played with Arthur Godfrey and Did Jimmy Durante. Did he ever write a book or anything? No, or? well, there's a, there's a movie out on him, and there's... Um, so he used to come to these cl- uh, classes. We have classes every Monday at the Oasis Center. And still do. And still do at one, 1 o'clock. And it's free. You go there, and there's about 70 people. And Oasis ha- Senior Center right here in Corona del Mar. And it's, a, uh, uh, it's owned by the city of Newport Beach, uh, but you can, you can go there even if you're not from Newport sure. Beach. So that's one of the centers for ukulele culture. But if you look on YouTube, you'll find that there's all kinds of young people playing it, Nova Scotia, there's a whole a program uh, for teaching there. Hawaii, they teach it in, in, in the fifth grade. In, in British Columbia, they so teach it. So up to this point, had you had much interest in ukuleles? Oh, for 30 years, yes. Before you went to Oasis? Uh, oh, 20 years ago when I started going there. I had some interest, but, but I played these other instruments, so it was very interesting easy for me to play. I originally went with the with the charango because the charango was tuned the same way and mm-hmm. they sort of liked that. And but since that time I've gone to Spain and Portugal more and and my supplier in Portugal for Portuguese guitars, he makes the full range of of all these ethnic instruments of the rajão and cavaquinho. Right. So within the last few years I decided I was going to learn it, uh memorize a bunch of pieces because I'm always working out of books. 
but to learn how to play jazz. So the thing is... Uh, so at the senior center, do they play Well, they, jazz? they, have, they have books, but... Um, Mostly this is, what? This is, this is, oh, I'll show you. The, the books are all the old songs, uh, like, uh, which I have a couple of years. Oh, pick I up, hope they're pick not... Pick up that ukulele there. Pick up that one right there. I'm, I don't know how to... I, I'm, I'm going to show you. Oh. <laughs> yes, oh, my yes, gosh, the elephant. Yes, sir. Am I holding it baby. right? No, sir. I don't mean maybe. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's my baby now. All right, so the first chord um, is just... Am I take, holding it the right direction? That's fine. <laughs> okay. Take your third finger, third finger, this and pl- and the first string. We count the strings from the bottom, from here. Okay. All right, and put it onto the third fret. Third fret. No, no. First, uh, look, look first at, string, third first, fret. First, yes, and use your okay. third third finger. Okay. Third finger. That's your second finger. Third finger. Yeah, that we call it the third. Yeah, oh. on piano that would be the. All right, <laughs> and and then just strum it with your thumb. All right, that's a C chord. So when we teach people, we, we teach them a C chord first, okay. and then uh, the, uh, then we can do an A minor chord, okay. which is very simple. An A minor chord, you take the fourth string and you put your second finger on the second fret. Look at me here. Fourth string up a uh, second finger up here. Second finger. That's that's your first finger. We call oh, it the yeah. first piano. They call it up one. What? No, no. Oh. That was the right fret, but you're on the wrong string. Look at my fingers. I don't it? have those glasses on. I have the okay. wrong glasses. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Oh, right there. Top, top string. Right there. And first fret. Se- second fret. Second fret. Okay. okay. That's A minor. Mine sounds different. I know, well. <laughs> oh, it does sound different because I have a different string on here. But my string uh-huh. is an octave lower. All right. Now the next one is going. And yours, you play yours. Okay. So yours is an octave higher which is a normal way to play ukulele i have tuned this a different way so i can play classical pieces too but i play them (laughs) both all right the next one is you keep that finger there Mm -hmm. and then you're going to take your first finger which Mm -hmm. is your index finger Mm -hmm. and you're going to put it on the second string first fret that's correct that's an f now you play all that you have an f chord and the last one is a g seventh chord where you're going to use three fingers now keep your uh, lift up your your second finger, and then put it put it on the third string second fret. Third, third string, string second fret. Second fret okay. No, no, that's the right there, right there. Okay. Okay. And if you can, if you can take your third finger mm-hmm. and put it on the first string underneath here. You have to underneath so that it's the first string. Which would look like a G would look like a D seventh chord on the guitar, but because this is tuned higher, it's a G seventh. And then you then the last part. So now you have three chords. You're uh, not gonna ask me to play it. No, no, I'm not. No, okay. no, no, I'm not gonna embarrass you. No. And then the last part. Okay. So it goes from G seventh uh-huh. to C. You take this finger and you move it up. Which finger? Where, where, uh, you take your third finger and you get back to where you were in the beginning. So so that. That particular progression, A minor, C, A minor, G, uh, no, sorry, C, A minor, F, G7, is... And so those three chords, sing us something with... miles across the sea, a bunch of songs with that just with, just with those three yes. chords? Yes, and actually there's many songs which you can play with just two chords, but oh. like... 
like yes sir that's my baby most of it's played in that listen I yes love that sir that's my baby G7 I don't mean maybe yes sir that's my baby now C G7 yes ma'am we've decided no ma'am we won't hide it yes ma'am you're invited now now we're gonna go from C to C7 oh by the way to F and this is another chord which I didn't show you yet. <laughs> you can reach the preacher, I say. Yes, sir, that's my baby. No, sir, you don't mean maybe. Yes, sir, that's my baby now. I'm sure that was what Barin was singing about Luthien. <laughs> yes, maybe. Once he, once he got the Silmaril out of the... Out of Morgoth's crown. But yes. you see, this is not... Oh, um, there's so, it's so fun. My wife and... and now, these, are these nylon strings? Those are nylon strings. And one of the strings on that one is a, a wound string. It's a nylon core and wound. And but Jeanette plays ukulele as well? And, and finally, my, my neighbor, I'm gonna uh, set this down Ingrid so I don't and some break. other ones, uh, and Valerie and Polly, and, and uh, we've been having little dinner parties and playing ukulele oh. for over the last few months. I want to do that. Well, See, people need to get together yes. in their houses, eat together, eat and drink and and play wine and uh, play and play music, sing and dance. It's the most wonderful exactly. thing. Exactly. And the thing is, what's cool about this instrument, you know, I've, I've studied many years on the other, for, for so, since I was 14, so that makes it almost 50 years, on, on classical guitar and then many years in flamenco and I, and I tortured myself. To so learn. you're never too old to learn. Right, but this this instrument, the ukulele, is great because uh, it you don't have to play it all the time. You don't have to spend hours at it. You can learn oh. twelve chords on it. And and the thing is that there's a bunch of people on YouTube showing you how to play it. There's oh. one guy in Hawaii. He has ten or twelve or twenty three-minute lessons. So could you learn that? Isn't you there that guy that plays amount. somewhere over the rainbow? Can, can you play that oh, on the ukulele? Oh, there's ten, ten versions of that up there. On the ukulele? Yes. I and, love that. Uh, and like the pieces Our I time is almost up. What, right. what, there's, there's some really important things that we want to cover. This has been so much fun. In case you are just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine. My guest, Ron Fernandez. FernandezMusic.com Playing... His cute little ukulele. <laughs> so, we've been talking a lot. Would you? Let's have some music before we go. Well, so that was the, that, that's the that's the ukulele. Is there any of the wonderful little instruments here that we haven't heard from yet? Uh, we have so many friends well, here let, in the let room. Let me play with a little us. more on my flamenco guitar. Oh, that's okay. beautiful. I'm going to play. Uh, this is a bolidius.
we didn't get to hear something this hour. Uh, again, if you are just tuning in, there. this is part two, and we'll be up on podcast at um, www.kuci.org or through iTunes. And but can we hear a little something from the Harry Armadillo again? Now this is what what kind of instrument is this again? This, this isn't is a, actually actually a ukulele, is it? It's a charango, and it's and a it, little Harry Armadillo. So this little guy gave his life that we might have beautiful music. They may have made soup out of him before. So would have this been during the time that someone would have you know? They would have used all parts of the armadillo. Nothing would I be wasted. So. Oh, good. They that may makes have died feel naturally. Better. Oh, may, that's yeah, they, they makes they me feel even better. I, I think it probably died naturally. Okay. Right? So we have a little... Okay. So do you, does anyone at the Oasis Senior Center play something like this? No. No. I'm the only one. Okay. And this has 12 strings, right? 10. 10. Thank you so much. This is KUCI in Irvine. That is going to about wrap it up it. for us because Rachel Ray's cooking accident is coming up in just about three minutes, and I need to let Heather get into the uh, studio here without knocking over, having to trip over all these amazing instruments. Ron, thank you so much for being here. And, again, you can uh, find the podcast at KUCI.org. Scroll down to archives. I am Tani Tenuville. Next week, my special guest will be Nathan McCarrick, the director of The Hobbit Play, which is coming up, uh, playing even now, out in Fullerton at the Maverick Theater. You can Google that, or you can come and join us next Tuesday when Nathan will be here in studio with me. Thank you, Ron, so much. This has been so much fun. We all certainly love music, and I hope that you will stick around. Heather will be here in just a few minutes. In the meantime, let's have a little music from the Hobbit trailer. First, we're going to hear from the singing violinist playing that particular song. And uh, then we'll hear the dwarves. This is KUCI in Irvine. Until next week, Namaria. And Ellen Salalumin Namintielva, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of the universe.